0: Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co., joined, as always, by Matt Basinger, who is forcing me at 11.30 a.m. to drink vodka tonics. Fortunately, it's Rieger vodka, so we're all good. Matt with Spark. We're in the Let It Fly Media studios. Jackie Wise of M. Prize Bank is alongside us. And today's guest is someone who decided to get on the good train with us by bringing us food and margaritas. We have Scott Keen of Fajita Pete's in Overland Park. Scott's the owner. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Scott,
1: uh, let's get started by the easiest question of the day. What is Fajita Pete's?
2: Softball question. Thank you. Yep. Uh, So Fajita Pete's is uh, fresh grilled Tex-Mex and margaritas catered and delivered. We're a franchise actually uh, started in 2008 by Pete Uh, Famous in Houston, uh, Dallas, and other places in Texas. Uh, We're the first franchise
1: outside of Texas, and we opened
2: up last April.
1: Okay. Now, just to to be clear, you said uh, catered, delivered. Do you all have a restaurant to go to? Is this just catering? You're doing both?
2: We, we do have a restaurant yep. um it's on 135th in Overland Park uh between Antioch and Switzer on Grandview. and uh you can eat in our restaurant but just be prepared we have one table for four counter space for nine two tables outside uh 98% of our our food goes out the door packaged to wow. go
1: wow so and when did you when did you open here so we opened yeah. in uh April, April last like, 21 year, yeah, yeah. 21. so like you picked the best time ever to open a, re- a restaurant, right?
2: Well, I mean, it is a uh, a catering and delivery, takeout. It is kind of like a
1: ghost kitchen. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, not ghost kitchen real estate. We're on the boulevard. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, you mentioned it, so you know this started in Texas and has handful of locations in Texas, and then yeah. here you are opening in Overland Park, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine that they were down having meetings at headquarters wherever in Texas, be like, you know what, we need to open Overland Park. That's right. Uh, how did this happen?
2: Yeah, I like to say that uh, Pete's a really smart guy. He didn't pick Overland Park. He picked Heather and Scott Keene, and we picked Overland Park. But uh, that – so I worked at Sprint. I've always – for 25 years, I've been a corporate, uh, you know, retail operations guy. And uh, I got sidelined at Sprint when they merged with a company called T-Mobile. Uh-huh. Never heard of it. Yep. Nope. And uh, and so Heather and I talked it over. We really wanted to own something. So I started looking at franchises. I looked at a few very boring franchise types. And uh, I have a friend in uh, Houston. His name is also Scott. And uh, shout out to Scott. And uh, he <laughs> uh, he said, Hey, if you're looking at franchises, I've got a business that you need to look at. He knew Pete. Had been buying fajitas from Pete for a decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So that's how I guess. That's how I found Fajita Pete's. Yeah.
0: So what is it like owning your own business going from corporate world where you're used to the structure, the processes, the hierarchy, the lack of responsibility on certain facets of the business to now it's yours.
2: Very hard to describe, dude. I mean, um, it's, uh, it, I learn every day, multiple times a day, what it's like to be a business owner. Um, I was a very, you know, so
0: so, so amazing, right? It's it's very every amazing. aspect is the best. It is, yeah.
1: No,
2: it's. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a train wreck, um, but it is uh, kind of a house of cards in most days, especially with staffing, just the way it is these days. But um, but we've been good. I mean, we opened, we have a great product, uh, which somebody else has already coined it, but it, if you're going to open a restaurants, it's a good thing to have good food. Um, the food is really good. Uh, we've been rated 4.8 on Google with over 130 reviews in nine wow. months. Yesterday, um, an organization called the Best feedies in America uh, named us the Best feedies in Kansas City. So we're very proud wow. of uh, the product that we serve and uh and the the market has responded they love our food
0: it's awesome uh okay so franchise Mm -hmm. this is such a fun business topic how does this franchise work How, how does it work with you there's money exchange at the beginning there's a royalty on sales they helped with the build out and they said hey we know all the equipment you need that's part of your down payment and we just send a truck with all the right equipment Here are the recipes. How does the relationship really work, both financially and operationally?
2: I mean, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head with most of that. the uh, we're, we're fortunate. I think franchises are different depending on which franchisee you're working with franch- franchise or rather um, ours is really good Pete and Joey and the team that they have in Houston. Um, they've been amazing partners and uh, yes, we put money down in the beginning Heather and I are actually the area developers for Kansas City as well as franchise owners um, two different things in the franchise world, um, but uh yeah, put money down. Uh, we pay royalties to Pete and Pete's family every week. And uh, it's, uh, they gave us the recipes. So that was good because I'm not a chef. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I just wanted to own a good business, uh, a good business model, I should say. And, uh, and that's how it works. I mean, um, you know, we're a, we're a catering business first and foremost. That's the way I looked at it. That's the reason I'm here. Um, and we have a really good food product.
0: What has it been like staffing?
2: Yeah, staffing's been a nightmare, dude. I mean, um, I don't know. We're in
0: January <clears throat> of 22.
2: Just yeah I, I don't know where the four million people that are missing from the workforce are I wish I knew i'd personally invite them in for an interview <laughs> um, staffing was uh, a complete just uh, utter mess for like the first six months last few months knock on wood which I want uh, will uh, what has been better you know you get you know you get some loyalty built up uh, you know we're good to the employees they're good to us and we have a good little family now um, so it's it's smoothed out a little bit but I mean, we're a small business, um, less than 20 employees. One person leaves. It's a house of cards.
1: Mm-hmm. We know that all too well on this side of the table. Uh, tell me about that transition. It, it is not uncommon for people who have left Sprint, now T-Mobile, mm-hmm. to get into wanting to own their own business. Yeah. right? We've heard m- numerous stories I know a few. Uh, of Hallmark or Sprint or these big corporations. Yeah. And, and But to understand the nuances of franchising, there probably are books written about it, but like, how did you decide that that's what you wanted
2: to do? Well, I'm, I might be a little unusual in this space because I honestly feel like I've been training to be a, a business owner for a, for a very long time. I mean, um, from a corporate perspective, I've had the privilege of working in some large enterprise organizations, but also smaller organizations where I was a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have an MBA um, from the University of South Florida, go Bulls. Um, and, uh, and I actually, at one point in my career, this was probably 13 years ago, I helped a guy start a, fr- a, uh, a staffing franchise. Okay. Um, so it, you know, it's definitely not an easy transition, but for me, I had many of the components that a business owner for a franchise system needs, um, because I had done retail sales, I've done retail operations, my wife. Is uh, her career is basically built around uh, retail construction, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've had staffing experience. Um, we both worked in restaurants, uh, like a lot of people did in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know. It it definitely wasn't easy, but it has been you know good for us because we have a lot of the prerequisite you know necessary experience. Yeah,
1: you talked about being so you're the franchise owner and the area developer here in town. That. Uh, yeah help me understand the difference of those two things. And I think parlaying that in the next question is like, what are you hoping to do with Fajita Pete's here in the greater Kansas city Metro over the course of the next handful of years?
2: Well, I think you can be an area developer without being a franchise owner. The area developer is just responsible for helping Fajita Pete's grow in the specific market that you quote unquote own. Right. As a franchisee, um, you know, you, you own an individual store. Every time you open a store, you have a new franchise contract with the franchisor. Um, and, uh, and Heather and I have committed to opening several stores in Kansas City, and uh, we very much want to. Um, we'd like to see this one hit the, the goals that we set for the business when we opened it. And um, as soon as it does and things start clicking, we'll be opening more stores.
0: So w- when you're talking about your business model specifically, 98% is delivery, if I'm going off the right yep. set of numbers we talked about earlier. Essentially, delivery is unlimited to where you could technically deliver to. Mm-hmm. So, being that that's really the primary business model, this isn't like a, um, you know, we'll use a, a, a Taco Bell that doesn't deliver, but you have to go there, and if it's inconvenient for you, you're not going to go there. Yeah. On delivery, when I order delivery food, I don't really care where it's where the business is located because it's coming to me. How many locations do you feel? In that model, in the Kansas City metro area, are necessary in order to reach true saturation. So, because it can't be as many as like a Taco Bell would need, which you have to be there to experience it. Types. No,
2: you're right. Um, There's a lot to talk about there, but the short answer is um, there are consultants that specialize in this space. Uh, As a mature business like Fajita Pete's is, I mean, it's been open since 2008, uh, 25 locations in Texas. Fajita Pete's owns a lot of data relevant to the customers it serves. And so you can take that data and put it into a model and say, hey, model, in Kansas City, where are all these people at and how many of them are there? And that model said, uh, spoke to us, and it said that there would be, you know, potentially 10 locations in Kansas City. Um, and so that's the path we're on.
0: And, and, and but, but I guess – sorry, Matt. No, okay. Oh, I want to stick on this topic. So 10 locations, is that because – Delivery you feel that that model tells you you need to be within 10 minutes of a business in order to guarantee quality or What's the real rationale because it seems like Having one location that has a kitchen ten times the size Would be more efficient if it's just about delivery. So what are the true characteristics that you guys are looking at in order to guarantee growth?
2: So, um, we specifically, we look at 10 characteristics. Um, most of them are related to the retail side of the business. So, families coming in to get a package of four, six, 10 fajitas for dinner, right? And leaving um, with that, or leaving, sitting at those four leaving, tables, yeah. Yeah, leaving with that package of fajitas to go. Um, our business was designed and, and meant to be um, a, a really good fajita product that people gather around. So, yeah, it's, all, it's almost always to go. Um, the other part of our business, so the other attributes or characteristics that we look for when we try to decide where to put a location are based on commercial, so B2B or catering, right? And, um, and so you touched on a couple of things. One of them is that um, our food travels really well. So to your point, like how many locations do you actually need because our food – uh, we we choose the products that we have chosen the products that we have and the packaging that we have based on our um, desire to make it travel really well and it this is a food that travels really well, um, but uh, the, the retail side of the business is. Um, you know, your delivery area for a given store is three to five miles-ish around the store. And so I think that's the reason you're gonna have, you know, 10 stores, um, you know, based on certain, we're looking for certain demos. I mean, our food um, probably doesn't appeal to every category of the, you know, Kansas city um, but uh, Overland Park is a really good example. Um, typically we look for a market that has uh, a high saturation of um, these categories, American Royal, uh, American Royalty, um, Kids with Cabernet and Fast Track Couples. Those are the three demos we're looking for. And Overland Park scored nine out of 10 um, for that type of demo. That's the reason the store is there, the first store. Mm -hmm.
0: And so when you're talking about these other 10 locations or Mm -hmm. other nine locations, I should say, um, how do you guys look at the financial side of things? Are you guys looking at, yes, you and Heather are excited and you're gonna do them as cash affords, are you guys saying this is such an easy model that bank financing is obvious? Is this, we want to expand quickly. We need to bring in an equity investor. How do you guys really view that growth and expansion over the next five, 10 years? Because we have a great connection to Emprise
1: Bank. If That's you what I heard. to introduce you. Yeah. That's yeah. what I heard. I met Jackie. <laughs> She's wonderful, by the way.
2: Um, so the... I really don't know the answer to that. Um, we, we've we committed to opening uh, several stores, and we did that based off of our own balance sheet, um, knowing that there would be opportunities to uh, to get small business loans, uh, to leverage assets that we have, um, and that's kind of, you know, as far out as we thought. Now, to get to 10, um, I'm imagining, just based on business experience, that there will be other ways to get there through partners, and we're totally open to that, like, we, we love this brand. Uh, we believe in this brand. Um, and, uh, we believe that the market will, um, will, will, will welcome 10 stores. So can't wait to get there.
1: It's awesome. What have been the, the thing that you have been the most pleasantly surprised by and the thing that has been the worst surprise in becoming a business owner?
2: Yeah. So uh, easy. Uh, the, the thing that, is just sort of, I, I personally am still just struggling getting used to it, is just how overwhelming um, the market has responded to the food. People just mm-hmm. love the food. We're bringing a product that, I, and I didn't really understand this at first, I just love the business model and I like the food, but we brought flavors to Kansas City that don't already exist here. Wow. Um, it's it's not just fajitas, it's a specific authentic south of the border recipe. We marinate our proteins, so our chicken and beef are marinated in pineapple and lime juice. Mm. And uh, most, ev- well, every fajita that I've tasted, um, since I've been tasting fajitas now for a couple of years, um, they season or, or don't season, but they definitely don't marinate. And uh, we make our own tor- tortillas from scratch. You know, starts out with flour and water. Um, we make our own, uh, guacamole from scratch, starts out as an avocado. I mean, we're authentic, we're fresh and we're mm-hmm. bringing flavors that didn't exist here. And so that's been the thing that has been sort of the most, I don't remember how you were, you phrased it, but for me, like I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And it's been the thing that's brought the most pleasure to the business, especially yeah. since it's a new business and both of you guys have started new businesses. I yeah. mean, you don't come out of the gates making a ton of money. And so <laughs> no i didn't maybe you guys did maybe i need to be in business with you but uh so the thing that kind of keeps me going because i i work in the business every day um is just that people will come in and they'll say the nicest things and like i've had people come in the store and weep that they you know is this the fajita pizza? and i'm like yeah wow. <laughs> And she jumped on the phone and she's talking to her family she's like hey, i'm in fajita peats and awesome. uh so it's really exciting um the the thing that i I really didn't expect, and this is going to sound really naive, but, hey, it's my first business. Um, and, you know, we had this little thing called a pandemic. Uh, staffing has just been a nightmare. Yeah. You know, this used to be an industry where transient, it, you know, it's always been transient. You know, people go from, you know, fryer to fryer and server to server. Um, but it's been hard to find people mm-hmm. that, that you know, will work. And so my staff of 20 is made up of, you know, four cooks, two managers and an army of high school kids. Yeah. And uh, they're all very good. I like them. But geez, man, I'm like, where are the rest of the people at? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, it'll be fun to, you know, have you back on the show in a year or two after you yeah. have two or three or five locations. I'm, I'm
0: so excited to learn more. But I would also just like to say that I love the franchise model, just in general, both sides. It's
2: it good for me because I'm, uh, I, I can run something. I can operate something. I can even make things more efficient. Um, but I,
0: I don't really have any good ideas. So. Well, but, but you're an incredible execution person. So everyone yeah, right. gets to specialize in the scenario right. and you get the best product because you have the people that are only opening locations that want to be opening <laughs> locations and they're not the person with the recipe and they have yep. no idea how to scale a business. And so it's, it's such a great model in my opinion. Totally agree. All right. We got to wrap up. My last question. You know, this
1: is coming. Oh. It's the coolest thing you've ever done. Yeah, well, and, and I can't say the birth of my two kids, nope. which really is the coolest thing. Nope. But, nope. Um, we, we both so, know that that wasn't that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I thought about it. I mean, uh, you know, having been on Earth for five decades, I've done a lot of cool things. But I do belong to an exclusive military club called the United States Marine Corps. I spent the first seven years of my life out of high school in the Marines on active duty. And so I've done a lot of cool things with those guys, you know, starting with like throwing hand throwing life hand grenades, uh, you know. Uh, discharging, you know, automatic weapons. Um, one time, I fl- and this is probably one of the coolest experiences, one time I flew over the Pacific Ocean in a KC-10, which is, um, uh, and I'm not an aircraft specialist, but I'll do my best. It's a uh, an aircraft that was designed to refuel other aircraft okay. in air. So it's a large tank of gas, you yeah. know, with wings. And uh, I had a chance to fly on that uh, KC-10 and we refueled F-16s and wow. they, you know, since there's not very many people on this aircraft because there's no room for people, it's all gas or fuel. Uh, we had a chance to go. I personally had a chance to go down and sit above the window where you can see the F-16 fire pilot kind of creeping up That's to the cool. nozzle, man. And it was like, that is pretty cool. That was yeah. pretty cool stuff. So that I had to w- be one of the coolest.
0: I want to do that.
1: Yeah. That sounds really cool. Let's go join the Marines. You're on go. your way. So. Yeah, Scott. Thank you so much for making time thank to spend you guys. with us today on behalf of uh, Let It Fly Media, Prize Bank, Jay Rieger & Co., Swell Spark. Uh, it's been real fun hanging out with you. And now, likewise, we get to go eat tasty food. Good stuff. eat a for the win.